Hello and welcome, Scrollies listeners. It is I, Team Radnado of the Scrollies podcast, and we're back for another one. Shout out, Powell. How are you doing? Hope everything is going great. Getting some of those out of the start. Shout out, Maintainer. Hey, I am here with the one and only, the man, the myth, Monkey. My co-host, Squat Cobbler. Squat Wow. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? How's it going, Squat Cobbler? It's going pretty good at Ratnado. The RatCon is behind us. We have uh, joined forces once more. And, you know, the world just isn't ready for another meeting within a 365-day period. So we wait until the next one now. But I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I am almost recovered fully. Ratcon wasn't too crazy, but it was somewhat for me a test of endurance. Something that maybe a year, or maybe even four years ago wouldn't have been a thing. Now it takes me a day or two to recover. But it was great. I'm home. I'm safe. I'm happy. And I hope anyone who's listening to this who joined us at Ratcon, thanks for coming along and making one more meme into a dream. Certainly so. Certainly so. The memes, they, they are out there all year round, but only once in a moment of the planets aligning, of everything coming together, fortune smiling upon us, does it become a dream. And it's happened twice now. Who's to say it can't happen 50 more times? Ratcon 2072, anybody? <laughs> That'll be in our retirement homes. <laughs> Perhaps. It, it'll be pretty easy to have it because we'll all just be wheeled out into the into the common area. <laughs> we'll all be in the same retirement home. It'll be nice. I'll be I'll be still be, you know, hopefully alive. Zimrus will uh, he'll be he'll be the hospice worker there. Thank you. Zimrus. Yeah, yeah. Spry, Spry young Zimrus will be caring for all of us. And <laughs> at the ripe old age of uh, uh, 53. That's how old he'll be in 2073. I'll be 73. He'll be 64. Like, you know, he'll be 71. <laughs> I mean, Zim- Zimrus is only getting doxxed out here left and right. So let's let's not give his age out. <laughs> yeah, Zimrus, what a lovely guy. Everyone I met there was was really great. We had a fun time. Squat Cobbler, what you been playing? Maybe playing something on an airplane. Oh. Or a car ride. Oh, Ratnado. Let me tell you something. I am a patient boy i i try to be i i try to wait until things go on sale i try and give something a moment to settle for after jedi survivor patches to be applied so that i can actually have a pleasant experience playing through it but you know there's sometimes when the hype is real when something's just the talk of the town and you know it's not going to go on sale anytime in the next three years anyway because it's the first part nintendo title so what's the point i've been playing some zelda tears of the kingdom at long last, finally. Hell yeah. It's it's happened. I've I've <laughs> dove back into Hyrule quite literally. That is uh quite honestly the last thing that I was able to make happen before recording this. I, I got through the tutorial area and I'm back. I'm back where I can basically just look any direction and go. Yeah. But alas. Yeah. Metroid May is over, so Yes, Metroid May is behind me. It is all in on Zelda now, not for content, but for myself my my own enjoyment fair you know because i'm gonna be i'm gonna let you know right now i'm playing the exact same thing so maybe let's just talk about that for a second uh let's talk about (laughs) tears of the kingdom a little bit how how far into it are you i I know you're farther than me because i I caught a little bit of a a spoil in your stream the other day oh my gosh yeah i I, hey i know it's hard to stay away it's hard to i mean when you find out that uh ganon is future link you know that'll that'll bring you in just like uh, Reliant K fan oh. found out. No, I just finished the first Wind Temple. Mm. It, would would you 
call it a dungeon of the traditional type. I, I wouldn't, I don't know, I don't, I guess it's, I don't want to spoil it too much. I just realized I did, like, drop some, some heavy stuff on you. I don't know if it's the first one. It's the first one I did. And, you know, honestly, it had, it, it did kind of feel, it almost was like they were trying to do a bit more, like, older games. Though it still felt very Divine Beast-like. And not necessarily a bad thing. I think a lot of people are going to be happy about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I will say, uh, as much of that fun as I'm having with the game, I'm, I'm wanting to play it a bit more. But I've got a couple of Final Fantasy XIV raid things that I have to get done. So I'm doing those first and then jumping back into Tears of the Kingdom. I will say Prokion Lotor shout out is absolutely right. It, it kind of is so far and not in a bad way. It kind of feels like Breath of the Wild 1.5. It feels it, there's lots of new stuff to do and more places to go. I've been having a pretty good time so far. Well, well I know for Proc that's not a bad thing. He, quite out of character, is greatly enjoying this. <laughs> he is only ever messaging me positive things about it. So uh, that's that's. Just goes to show you what where Crocs <laughs> interests lie. <laughs> they don't have underwater or dungeons. The two yeah. things I don't like, a vast improvement over what I'm like. All right, all right, Brock. Um, no, I I don't know yeah. much. I've not gotten to anything resembling a temple or a dungeon yet. But uh, from what I've been hearing, they're less puzzle labyrinths and more logical sequences, uh, moments. Uh, events in the mm-hmm. game so i i look forward mm-hmm. to seeing exactly what that means but hey they're moving in the right direction they seem to have separate theming which is my big thing that i wanted so that's uh that's that's a thing yes. and then they have distinct bosses uh as far as i'm aware at the end of each one so i i look forward to being able to talk more about it i can't say much at the moment aside from hey you know it's pretty up there in the sky that's you know the leaves are changing yeah. colors the constructs are out there doing their thing it's nice, <laughs> but it makes you feel a little silly once you build a big long pole in order to climb up an ice wall, only to realize there's a cave entrance that just takes you to the top, like ten feet away. Yeah, that may have happened to me. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, and I did climb a big ladder <laughs> that I created. <laughs> Here's one thing I will say: DLC. If they ever do DLC for this game, I hope it is just putting in the Sheikah slate stuff just for more messing around in like a year because that is one thing i have been missing a lot wow i i wonder if that would break the game just having all of those options available to you i i kind of like how instead of just being breath of the wild plus they actually replace some of your key modes of uh traversal with completely different abilities not that i didn't really enjoy being able to stop time and build up things with kinetic energy but it's just a very different way of thinking about it that which basically makes you have to look at the way you go about things completely differently yeah i guess part of it too is that's just a lot of energy free energy and that's going to be a thing interesting though i say that's why i'm saying those like you know hey i finished the game my master quest let me do everything and make it super duper hard though these days i kind of when i see stuff online the builds people are making and the kind of like crunchy numbers they're getting into you I feel like this game is like so easy to, you know, to break. So anyway, it depends how you go about it, I suppose. Someone actually building a Metal Gear. So Metal Gear. <laughs> anyway, this is I think this is going to be a through line for both of us. Squat Cobbler today. We are talking about something. Another top five. This is the number two of our top five. So when we do our countdown of top five countdowns, this could be number one. Yeah. We really just got to stretch this out for like half a year. Like we did the last <laughs> one, right? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, maybe we just do them shorter. But our top when, once we get ten top fives, we'll do our, our top five top fives list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone, look forward to that in about uh, in about three to four years. <laughs> You know, I really, really enjoyed the episode where we talked about the best Mountain Dew gamer fuel flavors. There's something about it. Well, it's obviously <laughs> Code Red because it reminds me of Code Sin. <laughs> I don't know if he's the type to drink Mountain Dew Code Red, but it, the name reminds me of him. I could see it. Squat Cobbler, do you want to go five, five, four, I, four? I think that's the way to go about it, much like our top five characters list. Uh, of so so long ago. Now, right, Nato. An important thing to bring up before we undertake this: How much are the games going to factor into this top five list? Oh gosh, almost entirely. Like mine's going to be kind of crazy. I think you might. I don't think you could guess what mine is going to be. Well, here's the thing. I think we need to delineate the console experience from the games attached to it. Only so much because sometimes the games will completely carry a subpar console. And vice versa. I'll, uh, well, not going to say whether or not this will be on the list or not. But the N64 had about 20 to 30 <laughs> great games and then a bunch of eh. So do those great games carry the whole console? I don't know. I guess that's something to talk about. That's very fair. We can break that down a little bit more as we explain. But I, I think I know where you're going. Squat Cobbler, would you like to start us off with your uh, no, number five? Number five. My number five of five. Well, everybody, let's just... Go ahead and say it now. It's all going to be Nintendo consoles, right? No, no. You know what? I, I will not <laughs> let that stand. I will not let these all be Nintendo consoles. Uh, that said, believe it when it happens. Because number five is the Nintendo Wii. There you go. Wow. <laughs> is it a hot take? I, I, I have reasons for this this positioning. I, I will go yeah. into it in a moment, but uh, th did you have a Wii? Yes, I did. I got it, I believe... Uh, February 2008, I remember I made a deal with somebody off Craigslist and I met them in a parking lot and it kind of felt like a drug deal. Yo. Except for really nerdy. Sketchiest Wii handoff <laughs> of all time, maybe? <laughs> yeah, you had a Wii, your next door neighbor had a Wii, your grandma had a Wii, everyone had a Wii. Who didn't have a Wii, everyone? We, we all had one. Uh, I'd say about 50% of them were just to play Wii Fit or... <laughs> Maybe Mario Kart, Mario Kart Wii. I'm sure. I'm sure Shrax bought like five Wiis just to play Mario Kart Wii. <laughs> Everybody, this console I think has a bad rep nowadays. I get that sense that people see it as the casuals console, as oh, the the mobile gamers console before uh, uh, smartphones were a thing. Mm. I, I think this is fair. Yeah. I think that a large portion of the success came from the casual market. But everyone. We're overlooking some great first-party titles, some eh, pretty unique ports. Considering it came out at the same time as the 360 PS3, I think you were getting a watered-down experience on the Wii in a lot of cases. But sometimes publishers got real creative, like, okay, we're obviously not going to be able to make the same experience on this uh, console, so we're going to have to basically make it something entirely different. Uh, a lot of first-person shooters utilizing yeah. pointer controls over dual analog mm -hmm. and and yeah uh you know the wii i think where it really shines for me is that it was such a celebration of what had come before and such a look to the future of what gaming was expected to be in the mid-2000s which was motion control city <laughs> um the yep. virtual console is what i'm is what i'm primarily thinking of and just the the WiiWare, the virtual uh, online store it had the first of its kind for mm -hmm. nintendo um, so many systems represented, both Nintendo and non. Uh, we had Sega, we had TurboGrafx, we had Neo Geo, among others. 
And sadly, it was the best it ever got. I don't think it ever really has been recaptured quite the same way as it was on wow. there. Uh, because once once they saw how successful it was on Wayne, they're like, "Oh wait, we can we can really milk this," and <laughs> and and you know, uh, yeah. other publishers weren't as willing to give up their ROMs to Nintendo to put on their system, so they released uh, compilation packs and the like. But the Wii, I think the Wii really had it. The Wii had it, uh, good prices for the time for what at, at that point in time were what like 10, 15 year olds games. Um, you're looking at, yeah. at that now, and they're basically selling for full price again, right? <laughs> Instead of just one thousand yep. points, which equated to ten bucks. Man, you know, <laughs> I I think uh, Young Squat was enamored by the concept of motion controls. He saw the marketing and he thought, "Wow, this is where gaming's going. This is where it was always meant to go." My body is the controller. My body is ready, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, looking back, oh maybe goodness. that wasn't what the vast majority of people want it. I think there's something about having the buttons, having the uh, the feedback of the rumble of the analog stick representing, hey, this is my movement, this is my action, and people are just more accustomed to that. People want that more than they want the motion controls. But gyro, that's still around. Uh, I think that a lot of things that we saw detachable controllers with the Wii, I think that's still representative in some way or another now. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a good little system. It has some, I think, aspects of it that have it aged quite the best. <laughs> um, should have been HDMI, yeah. I think. Uh, even if we weren't getting full HD 720, I think that might have been doable at the time. But they didn't they didn't uh, think to implement that, so it looks real bad on modern TVs. And it didn't look too great on TVs at the time either. Those flat screen plasmas. So, eh, there, there's a reason why it's yeah. my number five and not higher. But I think for what it did, for what it was to me. Uh, being the system that Super Smash Bros. Brawl was in, which introduced me to so many other games and series. Uh, it, it just holds a special place in my heart, and I think that it is fondly remembered by myself for that reason. I think from what I know about you, that was I was going to say this seems like your first step into a larger world, if you will. And especially what you're saying, I think Nintendo always did a good job of like looking back and really like honoring what came in the past and i had the exact same thought when you said we i was like oh because that was the time when they were like not only are we just like hey remember how good the old days were and we're gonna put some demos on you know on a disc you know on your disc that you bought no you can actually just download and play them there you know i remember the hype building up to it i remember watching all this stuff i remember watching i believe it was miyamoto playing drums at an e3 with the controllers you know and being like holy sheesh this is crazy this is gonna this is gonna be a game changer and in a lot of ways it was i mean i think the the casual appellation uh, to me that's so off just because it kind of was like at the time when there wasn't as much emulation or it wasn't quite as accessible or all of these different things it was kind of a console that did just about everything if they, if they could have got dvd playing on it it truly would have been just the thing to get play your dvds on it play uh, your GameCube games, play music. If you could have done that, you know, like it really could have been insane. I think any, I, I look back on the GameCube era with a lot of love and the Wii kind of was just like, yeah, that plus some stuff. Yeah. What more can you I ask I forgot for? to bring that up. I, I didn't have a GameCube myself, so it, uh, it, it wasn't as much of a, a sticking point for myself. But anything good you can say about the GameCube, you can also say about the Wii because it's literally a replicated experience one-to-one <laughs> plus more. Oh man, loved it. Well, good number five. Maybe I should get to my number five as well. Let's hear it, Ratnado. It's funny what you said about trying really hard not to make it all Nintendo. When I look back on it, there's a lot of Nintendo, but not all. Unfortunately, number five is Nintendo. It is the Game Boy Color. 
<laughs> the atomic purple see-through Game Boy Color, a treasure. I found it when I came home. And man, what a what a beautiful thing! I found a bunch of games. I had uh, some some donkey. I found some monkey. Some Final Fantasy three Legends, not Final Fantasy three, the one that you're familiar with, uh, listener. That's Final Fantasy three on the Super Nintendo, right? Uh, yeah. This is a lot. I, there's I don't have enough time to explain this. <laughs> keep it moving. Keep it moving. Just, yeah, just know it's a, actually a game called Saga Frontier, I believe, or Saga. Anyways, so many different games that I had on it. Link's Awakening DX, Pokemon Trading Card Game, Pokemon Pinball, Pokemon Red. They're all there, and they're all kind of tied to that console for me. And even now, sometimes I'll just like, I think I have it packed up at the moment because I'm just trying to do some shuffling and getting rid of stuff. And uh, But man, I, I popped some rechargeable batteries in it. I, I booted up Pokemon Trading Card Game, and man, nostalgia came flooding back. It was a great game uh, for a kid who wasn't always allowed on his older brother's, you know, powerful consoles. I could just go in my room, and me and Link could just go hang out. Number five, GBC. I love it. 100%. You know, Nintendo uh, designates the... Nin- Nintendo Game Boy and the Nintendo Game Boy Color as separate consoles, and I, I would imagine you do as well with your uh, listing as number five here. What, what do you think set it apart yep. from the Game yep. Boy? Much like I said like, with the GameCube as well, it, it took the past and things that I was familiar with. You know, my buddy had uh, Star Wars on Game Boy. You know, the the from super old whenever, and he, I remember we tried it on the on the the GBC, and even though it wasn't like a complete remake, like a DX version it added some colors to it and it looked sharp and clean and it just kind of like took old stuff and made it look nice i think it was one of my entry points into gaming and especially so because it felt like it was mine like you know i could put it in my bag i could pull it out and play it on the road and man it just felt opened up a world to me of portable gaming so yeah, there you go there you go and you know it was basically just a handheld nes right it, it had all the same capabilities yeah man oh, so good one thing I, I never had uh, like Tetris, like original Tetris for Game Boy, but I did have some version of Tetris. I think it was like a Mario themed version of it, and just so much time, you know, even even playing Pokemon Red on it, all those games, just just such great memories. And it was with me. It was a console like I really remember playing when I got it, for up until even like you know. 98, 99, maybe even 2000 of just it kind of just being a staple. Uh, a staple to be sure. And you know, Ratnado, I can't think of a better way to follow this up than with my number four, the Game Boy Advance. Hey! Oh. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> the, young, the young millennial slash old Gen Z uh, handheld system. We don't really know how to classify it, much like myself. <laughs> Yeah, 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 no, yeah. no. Like I said, the Game Boy Color, a handheld NES. The Game Boy Advance, basically a handheld Super Nintendo, minus some of the buttons. <laughs> um, this was my first ever console I ever had. Uh, it was a portable system. It didn't have the backlight because I didn't have the SP. I had the, the gray flat one. Or not the gray. I had the purple <laughs> flat one. And let me just right. tell you, this opened the door. So many series, so many games, so many just things that I expect to be normal to this day. Such as backwards compatibility, the fact that I could take any Game Boy game, slap it in there, didn't matter if it was a gray cart, a transparent color cart, or a GBA cart. It just played, and it played fine. (laughs) It played just as you'd expect it to. 
I, I think I just expected yep. that to be the norm going forward. And once I started finding out, oh wait, people get new systems and they can't keep playing their old games on it. What? What? Ridiculous. Absolutely, mind-blowing. absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely mind-blowing. And, and we may discuss that a little more in a in a little bit. But yeah, for myself, uh, just the fact that so many games are ported to it. This is obviously before we had the eShop, before we had downloadable games. But just about every popular Nintendo game you could think of, and even some uh, third-party games, such as the Final Fantasy series, uh, were ported to GBA. And you could say that it was a limited experience in some aspects. I don't think the sound, we ever got the same uh, quality music that we would have had on those titles, because the GBA's puny little sound chip, obviously, like I said, the buttons were a bit lesser, so they'd obviously have to uh, compromise that a little bit. I'm looking at you, Metroid GBA games. But nonetheless... As far as preserving that original experience, I'd say about as close as you can get on a handheld at the time. The GBA was in full color. Like I said, it didn't have a backlight initially, but they eventually added one, which I think was everyone's biggest complaint <laughs> with the uh, with yep. the Game Boy line. And uh, only only uh, boomers like you and I guess me sometimes can remember the days of riding in the car at night. You'd have to be playing your game, hoping that the streetlights that were mm-hmm. passing you by would give you just enough of a glimpse to know where you were at and what you were doing. Or you'd get one of those bulky attachments that had the magnifying glass and the lights shining down on the screens. You're like, oh, all right, now it's like I'm really playing with uh, with power. Now you're playing with power. Exactly. I had one of the ones that went into, like, the, I don't know, whatever thing they had, and it shown it was like a little snake, and he had a light, and it went down with the screen. Mm. Though, you had to use it judiciously just so you didn't drain your batteries too fast. Oh, yeah. Slapping in those four double A's, those would go quick, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, I remember the Game Boy being like, yeah, it's kind of funny how like Nintendo really has just continued to echo themselves across time, of like, oh, the GBA, you know, the Game Boy Color. Well, we're taking NES stuff and we're putting it on here, or you know, similar to that. And then the Game Boy Advance being like, oh, Super Nintendo, remember that? And it really does, like, make you look back. Now we take it for granted, like, oh, everything can play everything. Or I could just get something to emulate all of these. And it's like, no, at the, at the time, I remember they did the Link to the Past uh, and, and the Four Swords. All those things kind of put them together. And just, like, think how cool that was. Like, wow, you can put that on a little thing you can carry around in your pocket and play wherever. That's incredible. Yep, that was the original play I played Link to the Past. Yeah, I think that the GBASP, shout out Teodafa, because he got it for me for Christmas one time. Um, that's just off my top five because, like you said, it was a Final Fantasy machine. Uh, it had a bunch of other ports and stuff like that. Man, in a, in a time where, I, you know, you couldn't lug around your PC with you to play whatever, that did a lot. Yeah, yeah. The SP was just always out of my reach. I had a bunch of friends that had it. I always thought it was just the perfect system. <laughs> the system I, I would have strived to have more than anything else. But, alas, I, I had my little unbacklitted uh, uh, purple flat one but you know i think as far as ergonomics go i think i might have preferred that one a little more that said the sp might have been a precursor for things to come but we'll talk about that in a little bit perhaps right nato how about your yep. top four how about your number four okay number four nintendo 64 kind of interesting like i said i'm gonna try not to make this all nintendo but the n64 which i'm sure i feel like should be on yours coming up at some point i don't don't hint towards anything but uh the n64 was like the the console of my childhood of of maybe growing up even a little bit too like the super nintendo i had great memories of it 
up to you know the time that the N64 came out but I think N64 was like the point where I started to grow up a little bit and I had friends and I played with them hey we're all gonna go over to this person's house and play Goldeneye we're gonna play some uh, some WCW or you know they had so many like four player games and man I just have so many good memories of that and also I think I remember one time just like uh, my first Ocarina of Time completion I was sitting at home and we had just gotten like a big screen TV and a surround sound system and I remember just that song came on and like for the first time a, a video game just like hitting me and being like oh my gosh this is the coolest thing ever and uh, that experience was incredible. And I, I started to pick up a lot of stuff I'd like in the future. Tony Hawk Pro Skater, like we talked with Main Tater, uh, and, and even things like Perfect Dark and GoldenEye started to get me into like the genres of movies I'd come to love. I won't go too much deeper because I assume you have some more to talk about it, but as well. But N64, number four. Number 64. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, uh, humor you and scratch that itch a little bit now. Uh, my my first ever home system, like I said, I had the GBA first. It's my first console, but my first ever system to plug into a television and 3D. I mean, we can't even understate how desired, how sought after true 3D was uh, at the point that the N64 dropped. Yeah. And I, I don't think you can ever cite a more excellent example of hitting the ground running than Mario 64 as a launch title, just getting 3D platforming. Pretty much the formula down as it remains today, right off the, yep. right off the bat. It's, yep. uh, it, yep. I, I can still vividly remember uh, McButcher bringing the system home. Little did I know the GameCube was already out, but, you know, it, I, I, as, a, as a child, <laughs> you don't think about these things. In fact, I don't even think I understood that, like, uh, gaming companies, like, released systems, like, in succession to I think I just thought the GameCube was, like, an entirely separate thing from the N64, and this is what I had, and this is what my friends had. But, uh... Right, no, right. Nonetheless, right. I can I can still very very clearly remember the day that Mario sixty four we we popped it in and we all passed the controller around just running around the outside, not even going into Bob on Battlefield necessarily, and just climbing trees, doing backflips, uh, swimming through the lake, just completely mind blowing to to a young squat who had only ever known two D gaming with maybe some pseudo three D on a handheld system before that. The way it plays, the way it does everything, man. Thank you so much, Nintendo, for Nintendo 64, Squawk Cobbler. Is this your number three now? You know, with all this thanking Nintendo, I, I, I can already see the comments. We're, we're shills. We're, we're, we're paid to just put nothing but Nintendo <laughs> systems on this list. All right. All right, everyone. I'll concede. Stand back. Stand easy. We're going to name a non-Nintendo system now, okay? Okay. Oh, no. Everybody. What did I say about the GBA planting the idea in my head that backwards compatibility was by default expected? that in no way could you even release a system without these features. Well, my number three pick took that idea and ran with it to the detriment of, I think, the financial <laughs> success of it initially. Yeah. But the PlayStation 3, it was the PlayStation 1, it was the PlayStation 2, and it was a whole new console up to modern specs all in one. And it was a fat chunk of change to get all of that <laughs> out off the bat. <laughs> I think uh, I think we could all agree. Now, I didn't have the PS3 uh, when it was new, when it was even supported. I only picked it up for the first time a few years back, thanks to Doobie Team, rest in peace, on it to me, and a whole bunch of games for just forty bucks. So thanks, thanks Doobie Team for that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of like what I was saying about the Wii. It was a celebration of Sony's past. You could get so many old titles supported through their version of the virtual console the the playstation store 
Um, that's how I first played Metal Gear Solid. So plays, that's why I first played Symphony of the Night. Uh, plenty of PS2 titles I have on there now. And brand new releases. All of them available to you yep. on one system. Now, obviously, Ratnado, I think uh, the beefy, chunky, fat PS3 that could play all PlayStation's <laughs> library from 1 to 3, uh, namely PS2, not quite as common now because the PS3 Slim removed the PS2 functionality just to bring the cost down mm-hmm. because not a lot of people have yeah. it. So what else did yeah. the PS3 do that I think uh, is, is uniquely a Sony thing that I think the other console manufacturers kind of skimp on? Uh, Blu-ray player. How many people did you know that Jeff got a yeah. PS3 to play Blu-rays because it was basically the cost of a player oh, when it dropped? Everybody, everybody. That's honestly, I think Sony's strong suit is that they were a tech company first, and then they became a gaming company. They were obviously the Sony Walkman. Obviously, uh, they made TVs, uh, headphones, but the P- PlayStation. But the PlayStation wasn't just a game console it was also a cd player the ps2 wasn't just a game console it was also a dvd player the ps3 wasn't just the game console it was also a blu-ray player and did i forget to mention that all those things leading up to it were also still supported it was also a dvd player it was also a cd player Yeah. yeah and uh what did they follow that up with but um well Maybe we'll talk about the PS4 potentially in a future fic. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, they followed it up with a PS3 2 <laughs> is what I consider the PS4. Oh, they didn't actually add any new type <laughs> of playback. They didn't have 4K support. It was just another Blu-ray player with uh, the same yeah. kind of interface. But the PS3, I mean, the cross-media yeah. bar was just a super nifty way to navigate. I know people are really fond of the PlayStation 2 OS and that navigation, but I think they mm-hmm. honestly nailed it with the PlayStation 3's menu. It was just so easy to get to exactly what you needed to with just, like, scrolling and then scrolling up and then, boom, you were there. Um, also, yeah. had downloadable games for, I think, the first time for yep. a generation, that as well as the Xbox 360. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm just going to put it out there right now. PS3, also my number three. <gasps> so. Whoa! I, I guess let's just keep talking about it then. Ratnado, why, why is it your number three? So first of all, uh, I got PS3 kind of late in the game. Basically, when I got back from Guatemala, it came out in 2008. I left in 2008. So 2011 almost broke Ratnado. Kind of wants to start getting back into gaming. You know, there's there's nothing really out of the nothing new. We're kind of like winding down the PS2 era. PS3 is kind of in swing. And I looked, started looking around. I was looking at Xbox, much like the reason that I'm an Android user, not an iPhone user. The Xbox came with a bunch of other stuff that I didn't quite want to do. Uh, Xbox Live, I didn't want to pay for. I'm, I'm a college student. I'm broke. I don't have a job at the moment. What do I get? Well, I've got a Wii, but I've already got the games for that. And I've kind of, you know, I want to play something different. I want to, I want games to look nice. That PS3 back then when PlayStation just had free internet like you could just connect you know they've changed since then but i feel like their offerings have gotten better what a concept right right (laughs) playing online just with your paid internet plan not with buying a separate plan for your console in addition to it (laughs) oh gosh yeah and and that was the game changer not only not only blu-rays 
not only DVDs, not only CDs, but I could play games online, which was important because uh, shout out Teo Dafa, he had uh, Dead Island, and he said it was a really fun game. I love zombies. I've always loved zombies. And I saw that game and was like, yeah, that'd be fun. He's like, well, you know, we can play together. An FPS that I can jump on, play so almost seamlessly with my brother, and I don't have to pay for that beyond buying the game, sold right there. It would repeat with Saints Row 3 as well, where it's like, this is so cool. It's so seamless. I could, it felt it was one of those moments, like you're saying, like with 3D, where I was like, it is the future. This is the future. This is what gaming should be. And, you know, at that time, a, a modern PC, con, you know, a modern PC setup was a little bit out of my price range. So even though you argue like that's there, I didn't have a ton. I had a little bit. And uh, it scratched the edge. And not only that, I kind of feel like that era, like the 2011 to maybe 2013, right before PS4 got announced, just has like some huge, huge things getting dropped. Skyrim, you know, like, I mean, technically that's on everything. But for me, it was like, I was part of the gang finally. I can play all these games. I got Infamous 2 with it, PS3 exclusive. And the hits just come get kept coming, and I was just like, "There's so much on this console that isn't on Xbox." It it, it changed everything for me. I, it felt like my first grown up console. Yeah, the exclusives I think uh, are what many look back to the PS3 and uh, fondly remember. And to be honest, like I think may, many of the main Sony publishers continued those series that they started on PS3 on the later systems. So, just goes to show mm-hmm. how how much of an impact they had. Whereas uh, they tended to reinvent the wheel every single generation up to that point, mm. it uh, it, it's definitely definitely a newer old console to me because I have only gotten in the last few years. But looking back, I, I do remember the console war very vividly uh, that I sat on the sidelines for because no one was no one was Team Wii back then. It was it was just PS3, Xbox 360, and uh, <laughs> uh, all, all my friends had PS3, and all my cousins had Xbox 360. So that's that, that's kind of what I, I saw it as. Like, okay, this is. These are the type of people that play this versus that. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. for what it is, it's still semi-supported now. You can still play online for free. You can still buy games off the PlayStation Store, despite the fact they tried to stop you from doing that a couple years ago. But we all we all stood firm, and they rescinded that for now. Um, it's, <laughs> for uh, it's definitely in its, in its uh, dying days. It will no longer be uh, the console it once was at some point in the future. But for now... It's still kicking. It's still going strong. The PS3. Yeah. Uh, probably, probably my favorite I, PlayStation experience. Not to spoil the rest of this list, but I think I think they peaked with that, and I think they started making some mistakes in the following generations. But maybe we yeah. will or won't talk about that this time. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it was great. And it also reminds me of my 20s, which were, you know, a really great time. So thank you so much, PS3. You're number three in my heart <laughs> let's move on to number two squat cobbler what is number two well ratnado i gotta take you back i gotta take you back so far that proc would shudder and call me a nostalgist you see we're going oh. back before i was even born you're thinking okay you, you, you baby okay you, you're youngin well, let me just say, the old game jank is real, everyone. We, we can't deny it. Old games, they just have these things about them that you just have to accept and say, okay, this is how it is. I'm playing an old game. It's going to have some old game jank. But yeah. none more so is that present for myself than in the NES, which 
isn't my number two. But okay, thank God. <laughs> yeah, that that that'd be that'd be real real time nostalgia, wouldn't I? I I wouldn't be able to defend you. <laughs> the NES, it was a huge commercial success. Obviously, every '80s kid is just NES or nothing else. They 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 could not get enough of it back then. But when I go back and I play any NES game that's not Super Mario Bros. Three or Mega Man Two, I think, oh, this is horrible. It's an awful experience. What were they What were they thinking? To quote another uh, uh, passionate uh, video game personality. No, Nato. They, they were in their infancy. Many game publishers, many developers were just learning the ropes of what it meant to make a non-arcade home gaming experience. And I think they took yeah. a lot of that growing pains from the NES and refined it in its mm -hmm. follow-up. My number two pick, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Good. What? Very else good. can I say, everyone? Obviously, it's just got game after game after game that's just an all-time classic. Need I say more? It's where the DK Revolution started. Everybody, this system did so much. It just took what they went through learning on the NES and just did it ten times better. So many games that they had basically done trial runs for. Legend of Zelda to the length of the past, <laughs> Metroid to Super Metroid, Mario Bros. to Super Mario World... As well as the third-party yep. titles. I mean, Final Fantasy 1, 2, 3 to 4, 5, and 6, right, NATO. They just really yep. hit their strides. So many companies uh, were just pouring into the SNES. Obviously, the Sega Genesis was out at the time, which just increased competition and made the games even better. Uh, and, hey, the controller. Legendary controller. You can still see <laughs> every aspect of the SNES controller reflected in every single modern controller now of a mainline Yep. Uh, console. It's got the four face yep. buttons. It's got the D-pad, the cross-shaped D-pad, which, hey, I, I'll just say it. The reason I play with my Infinito controller so much is because it basically uses the SNES D-pad, which is the best D-pad. Um, obviously, yep. the two shoulder uh, buttons they were able to utilize in a lot of really clever ways. And just the design of it is so ergonomic. It's so comfortable. Um, and I think that that's kind of what pushed Sony to make the DualShock. It pushed uh, the GameCube and 64, which we talked about. You're just holding it wrong, everyone. That's why it's an uncomfortable controller for you. But ergonomics became a big deal after <laughs> the box-shaped NES controller to the rounded dog bone SNES controller. And I love it. I love that controller so much. But nonetheless, yeah. great experience. Uh, you know, when it comes to old game jank and SNES, I can deal. I can deal and then some... In fact, I can enjoy. I can enjoy an SNES game yeah. quite a bit. Right, Nato. I know yeah. you've had quite a bit of experience with this console as well. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I think the Super Nintendo is great. <laughs> My number two, uh, the Switch, the Nintendo Switch. Look, I didn't make the whole thing Nintendo, but number two, the Nintendo Switch. That I don't know how people feel about that. I feel like some people will be like, yeah, I get it. And others aren't. And, uh, you know, as proc, maybe that's a nostalgist when I explain why. Nintendo Switch has made so many different things accessible in a non-pirating way, in a way that you don't have to be, like, super knowledgeable of it. You can just say, okay, I understand how eShops work. I understand putting my credit card on there. I understand even the concept of a portable system. To me, the Nintendo Switch, number two, if only for the reason of, like, it was a, it feels like a rallying point for so many things of things that I've liked, kind of just, like, even pushing things in a new direction. I like the Nintendo picked a different direction. 
I, I think it feels like just like everyone was kind of like, yeah, this is a great point. And, uh, you know, now everyone's trying to make consoles. You've got the Steam Deck. You've got all these like streaming different things that people are trying to do. And I, I think we'll see more of that in the future because it is kind of it's doable. I think people are seeing like, oh, it's possible. And if you can have something powerful that you can take with you, that's such a good selling point beyond your big bulky PS5 that has to be cradled just so or something will melt or break. Um, yeah. Number two, Nintendo Switch. Ratnado, I think we're actually going to have a bit of a rub uh, with this particular uh, point because I think the Switch would struggle to even enter my top ten there are a lot of things that I think have fallen through with the system and that I'm greatly disappointed with. It's, It really comes down to this. I feel like Nintendo's at their best when they're struggling a little bit, when they're the underdog. When they're top dog, they get lazy, and I think that's become very apparent with the Switch and this generation. Uh, there's just so many things about it that feel almost unfinished to this day. The fact that we only have two themes available to us, the light and the dark. Yeah. Imagine having like actual themes. Uh, the fact that the character icons for your for your profile were only recently mm. updated from 2017 to have other games that you have to go through their <laughs> membership to even unlock. The fact that yeah. they still don't even have a lot of just apps that you would think are no-brainers like Netflix. And I mean, yeah. I know maybe they're trying to scale back and not make it a media box, but a, a video game box. Sure. Yeah. Then why did it take them so long to add their uh, legacy consoles to the virtual? No, no, I mean the virtual console. I, they killed I the virtual console. I think we console. know why. The subscription-based <laughs> subscription collection is the absolute worst follow-up to the virtual console I could possibly envision. Mm -hmm. And I 100% get why they did it because it's super profitable and I hate it for it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, yeah. It's... And, Here's the thing, Ratnado. I think the controllers, I mean, I'm a controller boy. We, we've talked about this in a previous scrollies, but the Switch default controllers, Joy-Cons, are probably the worst mm. thing I've ever held in my life. There's a picture from Ratcon of me holding one up and making an ooh face because they're just so disgusting. The Pro controller's pretty great, though. <laughs> Can't lie. Can't yeah, lie. yeah, yeah. Pretty nice. Um, yeah. I, I just wish that they actually, instead of just going all in on the hybrid nature of it, which is a great selling point, is a great concept, and I think that's yeah. really just pushed gaming at large into that dual nature where you don't have to just play it at home. You don't mm -hmm. just have to play it on the go, but you can do both in some form or another. Yeah. I think that that's, that's probably the best thing the Switch has brought to the table across the board, but the fact that yeah. there are just so many things from the 3DS and the Wii U that they could have incorporated into the Switch. Miiverse, um, uh, Street Pass, so many just little aspects that made those systems really just so Nintendo, so uh, unique in the grand scheme of things. They're just hmm. not even represented in any form on the Switch. They were just ditched all together. And maybe that was to slim down the experience, make it just more broadly accessible. And that's fine. But for me, the Switch... Yeah. Obviously, I still play it. Obviously, <laughs> I got a Switch. Uh, not when it launched, but I got a Switch yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a few years in. Hmm. It, it, if it wasn't for the fact that the first part of Nintendo games weren't going to be on that exclusively. I don't know. I might have skipped this one. Because for yeah. so long, so many selling points were just, oh, we're bringing this game over. This game you played on Wii U. 
this game is getting ported. And I'm just like, okay, well, I've done that already. <laughs> I, I think that's the difference for me. is, And that's why I put it so high is because at least for me, the, during the console life of this, it has done everything that I've wanted a console to do my whole life. It's something I take with me. It's got a good battery life. And especially in a time where like going to Pittsburgh where I'm traveling and the fact that I can kind of minimally take this thing and that thing and if I really wanted to convert it to all right eight people let's play smash or four people let's play this and maybe that's kind of like somewhat in a way of like the Wii of kind of being like a normie console to me I've had so many good experiences with people not just you mean even in Rackcon of hey guys I brought my switch I can set it up pretty easy we can play Mario Kart <gasps> you have Mario Kart we can all play and that leading into playing duck game into all these different things to me it, it has become because you know has become that uh, a console that you can kind of share with people and that you can take with you you know e even on the airplane i was playing uh tears of the kingdom and had it set up real nice and someone had like commented like tears of the kingdom oh you know like like you know super excited it fits my life in a way that i really like that you know when i come home i can jump on my couch toss the, the switch in and play it and even like going to work i remember that was a big thing for a long time the whole office got into smash bros because people would just bring in new or we even bring in new games so i do understand what you're saying though but to me even like the things of like guess who's get, we're bringing back this game to me that's a sell because i want to play those new games and i want to see what they do with them new but. that's fair right nato and you know i didn't even think about the social aspect of it the fact that it's made being a nintendo fan socially acceptable once again <laughs> whereas you were kind of the yeah, odd one true. out for a good 10 15 years ever since the gamecube i feel like just like oh you're a nintendo yeah. fan why <laughs> yeah the fact that the switch has done so well that it's brought so many different types of people so many different age groups all onto one console. I feel like that is an accomplishment in and of itself. And I, I cannot deny oh, yeah. that the aspect of being able to just sit down with however many people you, you got. Oh, oh, you don't have an extra controller here. Give him, give him the little sideways Joy-Con. Give him the, this hey, one. You know, yeah. that's great. Is it the that's best? Great. Is it the best purest gaming experience? No, but I don't know. I think I've had a lot of fun. And once you get enough people like us where we had, we've got, you know, a couple of pro controllers and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it can turn very fun. I mean, we, anyway. we saw how I was sitting when Shraxa was whooping me first place to eighth place at my best. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, maybe, maybe check the check the Team Rat NATO Discord for that retcon picture. Oh, yeah, the, the, Switch, the Switch truly um, brings people together. And, you know, I think my number one reflects that a little bit. A little, little bit of the same feel in there. Let's go to number one. Number one, obviously, everyone, it's the Steam Deck. It's just PC gaming in a... Co what, what, why, why are you all booing at me? I'm right. Stop. Oh, oh, let's put the tomatoes down. Everyone, everyone, calm down. Okay, okay, all right. Steam Deck doesn't count, I suppose. So I guess I'll go with a real number one pick. Everybody, I started off with... Well, not this list, but I started off my gaming history with the GBA, as we discussed. And, you know, I think that's just reflected in me to this day i'm a handheld gamer at heart and the reason why gba was number four was because it's also sort of number one in an aspect of it <laughs> because hmm. it was carried on into its successor my number one pick the nintendo ds hey yeah yeah, yeah. it was basically the switch of its time everyone had one everyone had a ds and Unlike 
nowadays where you all have to own a copy of the game and you can only play online one one screen per system. Yeah. You can make do with one cartridge. All your friends load up DS download play. You get a little piece of the ROM sent to your system and then you're just multiplaying wirelessly. It was everything that handheld gaming had been up to that point and just brought everyone together in a way that didn't even feel compromised. I mean, you obviously had ports of older games, but you also had full 3D games just completely made from yeah. scratch on yep. the DS. And not limited. Yep. I mean, they are obviously like real blocky and low texture. In fact, the texture uh, situation on the DS kind of reminds me of the OG PlayStation. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, this was all in a little handheld. And I was just like, wow. I mean, there's just so much, uh, so much personality to it, obviously. You got so many different types of games, uh, Nintendogs, um, you have your Brain Age, you have, you have, you know, so many different titles that made their debut on the DS that just made it kind of an all-around device and not even just, like, for gaming. I know people that would, like, read books on it. <laughs> you can hold it sideways and read it like a yeah. book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It had wireless capabilities, so you could play online. You could, obviously, uh, share things between systems, which made Pokemon, games like that, just that much better yep um and there was like a million of them so if you didn't like one particular type of ds maybe the big old chonky blocky one that was originally out yeah just wait a few years and you got the ds Lite, which is probably my favorite iteration of it it is so sleek and yeah just feels great ds Lite, i love um obviously you know it's kind of a weird line where where this ds cuts off and where the next line continues i kind of see the dsi as like a proto 3ds um just because it took away the gba functionality it integrated the camera some of those online features were a little more sure heavily present um but all in all it was probably some of my favorite uh times gaming some of my favorite games were on it uh whether originally or ported to it and it really didn't feel like it was losing anything from what came before i guess technically it was losing og game boy and game boy color support but i don't don't think i really realized that back then um so backwards compatibility was maintained with the gba and it just felt like it was really just such a collection of everything that had come before across the board and everything where it was then there that paired with the wii probably one of my favorite times for consoles not gonna lie the the mid to late 2000s i think especially those times too it's almost like they kind of didn't realize how much they could monetize. I mean, so many things didn't realize how much they could monetize back then. And so you had a lot of those kind of experiences where it's just kind of like, yeah, here's some free stuff that's kind of really fun. And, uh, you know, and we're not going to charge you for it. And here it goes like street. Like, I mean, I'm talking about a three, three DS and a little bit. Cause that's what I had. I never had like a DS or anything like that, but even with the three DS, there was just like so many fun little things that it just came with that were just like, Oh, that's kind of neat. DS have street pass. No. So the DS and the reason why I didn't pick the three DS over it, obviously I didn't have a three DS until very late in its lifespan. Uh, basically when the switch was already out is when I picked up my two DS. So that's not even the full, full right, experience right. with the 3d and the, all that but um i i do like the 3ds quite a bit as well i see it as kind of handheld gaming's last breath before it sort of merged into this reality we are now where it's just all one you got your handheld and your home yeah. console in one obviously with the switch but also in a lot of these like third party right. uh, steam deck like i had jokingly mentioned um can output to a screen obviously your retroid can do the same and the DS, it just felt like it was such a pure handheld-only experience. 
Um, to the point where even when I did get a Switch, I just got the Switch Lite initially. I probably would have just stuck with it because I was perfectly fine with it if it wasn't for streaming and needing to output it. Uh, the DS just proves to me that I, I loved handheld gaming more than any other type of gaming. And uh, hey, it, it got us to where we are now without any compromises for the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I, I kind of... Like, I liked the DS. I mean, I remember playing, like, Tetris on it, and that was like... Well, Squat Cobbler, we did promise to get out of Nintendo, and even though that was a, just a quick grabby air before we dived back in... What a concept, right? <laughs> exactly. I know, yeah, exactly. The PS3 was just a quick of air before we go back down and dive down deep. Number one, SNES. Ah, the best console back, everyone. of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I got into like some of the other things I liked about other things are things that the SNES couldn't even touch. Uh, you know, internet, uh, good e-shops, uh, you know, portability, all those different things. But there's something about the SNES I think that is special to me, even the original hardware. Something that I would, let's say, emulate in my day-to-day life just for that Nintendo experience. And I, I think that the for so many people like you know you remember a lot of the fun games you played on your sega genesis or you know what have you but i think at the time nintendo just kind of had it figured out maybe not fully but they knew who they were trying to be you know what i mean like they they didn't get it all together but we're nintendo and we're polished and our music is this way and we're going for this and even like the gray console nature of it kind of let it be what it was going to be i mean you know not that the games are the only thing is driving because like you said controller foreign factor for me who remembers cost all those kind of things really kind of just make it such a great console but then you have my favorite game of all time on it final fantasy 6 aka 3 in the u.s released in 1994 but that's where the love of many of my franchises started mega man zelda you know Star Fox, Bomberman, they were all there on the Super Nintendo. And so, but also, I think uh, those games still stand up to today, right before we made that big old plunge into 3D and polygons. Truly a system to behold. It just, what a, what a timeless console too. Obviously, there's some dated aspects of it. <laughs> Obviously, the graphics aren't anything to, uh, to sneeze at now, but I feel like with many of its competitors, Sega... What even else was there? Uh, the OG PlayStation. There's so much 90s represented in both the aesthetic of those games as well as just the console's uh, legacy, its marketing. The SNES, I see people firing it up today for a brand new experience. Honestly, it's not even like, oh, we're trying to recapture what we had back then. It's like, oh, yeah, no, these games still hold up great. These are just good games. And yep. part of that's just that Nintendo polish, like you said. They were just putting their stamp of approval on all the games, quite literally. It was, on the, it was on the cartridge. But there is so many gems on there. So many gems that have just lasted the test of time that remain great experiences to this day uh, beyond yeah. the decade plus of their relevance. Yeah, and I think, too, just like... And even, I mean, yeah, you can make the argument that it's old and outdated. But, like, it's, yeah, like you're saying, I think there's... Think, game, people can look at those games now and, like, relate to it and be like, oh, yeah, this is a video game. And I think even where we are now is because of that. I, I I don't I can't say for sure, but Sony coming along and being like, well, we're like Nintendo, but we do CDs. That that's a challenge to what has been so great, and that pushed us, I think, to where we are today. You know, I, I think so glad. I think it was pivotal. Top five, baby. 
Top five, everyone. Uh, send your hate comments for no other <laughs> company's representation in the <laughs> Team Rat NATO and huge discords. I'm just kidding. Everyone, uh, obviously, these are our opinions. We haven't played every system. We don't We don't hold the memories that some of you may, but... Uh, and I know we have a lot of PS2 fans out there that are probably very upset that that wasn't brought up on either of our lists. But nonetheless, everybody, we uh, we, we we fondly remember these consoles. And uh, hey, who's to say that it can't change in the years to come with new experiences? But that's all we have for today, isn't it, Ratnado? That's right. PlayStation 2 is number seven, you guys. I have. There's a lot of games on there. but uh, well, well, now we got to know what number six is, Ryan. You can't just leave a number uh, blank there. <laughs> well, I was going to say, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this when, when we're completely out of content. We start doing our top seven through ten list, or six through ten list. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be what you all want to see, right? <laughs> hey, Ultrasonic will get more Composers episodes out of that, so he'll be, he'll be more than happy about it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, number six, GBA SP, like I said, Ayo. and seven, PS2. So, <laughs> alright. Um, well, thanks for listening, everyone. This is an extra long, special episode for you, so hey, hope you're having a good time, hope you're enjoying it. We appreciate all of you listeners. You're great. I am Team Ratnado of the Team Ratnado Twitch stream and the one half of the Scrollies Squad NATO. I am here with uh, my co-host, Squad Cobbler. It is I. This week, everybody, <laughs> a new Let's Play series starts. Uh, I won't give anything away just yet, but let's just say one of the systems talked about on this list is what I'm planning on. And uh, June 14th, does that mean anything to anyone? I don't know. You tell me. To be seen soon on the Squat Cobble YouTube. Uh, but it is... The two-day ramp-up to my birthday? Oh, oh, yeah. Happy birthday this week, Ratnado. <laughs> That's obviously what I'm going to play. I'm going to play the Team Ratnado birthday <laughs> bash. Uh, you have to. It's Final Fantasy VI. Which, which Mooncat <laughs> also played on my birthday. Thank you so much. No, just kidding. Mooncat, Mooncat treated you, whereas Square Enix uh, enraged you. <laughs> everybody thank you so much for listening and we will catch you in the next one see you later bye